0: Let's pray together. Lord, we pray this morning in thanksgiving for Father, Son, and Spirit, and for all of the ways, Lord, that we have been blessed and continue to be blessed and will be blessed. We pray, Lord, in grace this morning as we open your word that you would come and show us things in our lives, perhaps, that we are chasing that are worthless, that are dead ends, that give no life, that you would make our, whole, our hearts cold to those things, in fact, Lord, and warm us to your son, Jesus Christ, and his kingdom in a fresh way. We pray these things in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. In 2009, there was a man named Terry Herbert, who was out roaming around in a field in Staffordshire, England, and he was waving his metal detector over the ground as he walked. And within an area of that field that was only about 180 square feet, Terry Herbert made a tremendous discovery. There under the earth lay a treasure trove This is an actual picture of some of what he found, a treasure trove of hundreds upon hundreds of Anglo-Saxon gold and silver pieces that had been buried there in that field for over 1,300 years. So there were gold crosses and there were sword hilts and there were rings and precious stones and, and various other things there. As it would turn out, The total find in that field ran to 11 pounds of gold and three pounds of silver. And the total value of that treasure in current Canadian dollars was around 6 million. The very first museum official who had been summoned out to the site to uh, have a a preview of what had been found there was absolutely wide-eyed and couldn't stop saying, wow, 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 over and over again. Now, friends, just think of that. That treasure hoard had been lying in that field for over 1,300 years. How many people over all of those centuries had walked right over it, unaware? that it was lying there. How many people in all of that time had been right on top of that gold and that silver while being completely and utterly oblivious to it? How many times had the earth been plowed and turned over there and the treasure never revealed? We can only wonder. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Did we hear those words of Jesus once more? The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up, then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. When Jesus uses those words, the kingdom of heaven, what's he talking about? He's talking about the saving rule that has arrived on earth in him. The kingdom of heaven is God's saving rule that has arrived in his son, Jesus Christ. And that saving rule of Jesus for us is like treasure hidden in a field. Are you with me this morning? The saving rule of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, is like a concentrated, priceless, collection of pure gold and silver and diamonds and rubies and sapphires that a person finds happens across as it's lying there in the earth, looks at it and says, wow, what is this I have found? Bear with me as I get used to this new earpiece here. It's not much of a treasure so far. (laughs) Wow, what is this I have found? Now, Here's a picture of me on the left. (laughs) Don't laugh too hard. (laughs) Uh, With my close friend, Carl, this picture was taken in 1991 in North Bay, Ontario, and I think the hair and the clothing and the Ray-Bans kind of give away that this was 1991. But the picture is special to me. Uh, because Carl in the picture was already a Christian at this time. And he was with me in February of this same year, 1991, when Jesus commandeered me, when Jesus invaded my life and awakened me from being deceased in my sins, there was a suddenness to my salvation at the age of 20. Like I had been walking along the furrow that had been my life, with my head down, and suddenly I stumbled upon this priceless treasure, priceless treasure called Jesus and his gospel. You know what makes me smile when I hear God say in Isaiah 65:1 that he is ready to be found by those who did not seek me. Isaiah 65, one ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I was a guy who hadn't been seeking him particularly, but who was then found by him. Amen. Confiscated by him is not too strong a word confiscated under the golden diamond-like rule of Jesus Christ. The treasure had been unearthed and my life has never been the same since. We notice in verse 44, that the treasure is hidden in the field. Interesting, isn't it? This treasure that Jesus describes is not like the crown jewels that are on display in the Tower of London. The treasure of verse 44, this kingdom of heaven, notice, is hidden. There is no big, overwhelming, grandiose display of flashing neon lights with this particular treasure. The treasure is there in the field, yes. The treasure is there, it is present, it is available to be found, but it is hidden. It lies concealed, unassuming. How many people walk right by this treasure? Oblivious to its presence. How many walk right on by oblivious to the immensity of the value that is right there? How many people fail to perceive the kingdom of heaven as they trudge along their furrow? as they glide along through this life. And yet the kingdom of heaven, the precious treasure is there and it is available. Jesus says here that this man, notice this, he finds the hidden treasure in the field. What does he do? He looks at it probably wide-eyed and covers it up. And then notice in his joy, he goes and does what? Sells how much stuff? all that he has and buys that field. He sells all that he has to buy the field in which the treasure is sitting. He sells his cattle, he sells his house, he sells his farming equipment, he even sells his vintage motorcycle, and he sells his dog. To buy the field of such massive value is this treasure that the man has absolutely no hesitation getting the field, parting with all that he has. He has no issue, notice, of with impoverishing himself, is what he does, selling off everything if he can only secure this treasure. There is no single item that he owns that could ever compare to the fabulous wealth of the treasure, and all of his assets put together could never compare with the value of this treasure. He sells all that he has. Now, if you talk to this guy say, as he was laying down his money for this field, what would he say? Would he say, well, I had to make difficult sacrifices to raise this money, to buy this field. It was very hard for me to part with my vintage Harley to raise the money, I paused long and hard, thinking about whether or not I should sell certain items that meant a lot to me in order to buy this field. But in the end, under careful consideration, I I grit my teeth and I made the necessary sacrifices, and now I'm buying the field. Is that what he'd say? No. That's not what he'd say. He wouldn't say anything of the sort. Jesus says here, notice, notice, in his joy, notice this carefully, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has. In his joy, he goes and sells. There is joy in the selling. This guy has no hesitation. He has no second guessing concerning the worth of the treasure and what it will take to get the treasure. There's no pause in this man as he focuses on the gain that he has in this treasure. This guy is not making any sacrifices at all to have this treasure. Sacrifices? No. In fact, for him, it has nothing to do with what he's giving up. It's all about what he's gaining, amen? It's all about what he's gaining. In his joy, he goes and he sells everything. My friends, the kingdom of heaven, the saving rule, the beautiful Jesus, is the most precious treasure of all. Do you know that? Is the most precious treasure of all. This is a treasure that is worth giving up anything and everything to gain, to have, enjoy with no hesitation. This is a treasure on this Thanksgiving Sunday that ought to cause us to shout in gratitude. Amen. I mean consider for a minute with me the contents of the treasure. Okay, let's let's open the treasure box together and what do we find there? Listen. We find the blotting out of sins by the substitution of Jesus for his people on the cross. And under that precious priceless coin, we find another one, we find peace with God, access to him by the blood of Christ. And over on the other side of the box, we find things like daily fellowship, with the risen Jesus Christ, and the exchange, listen, the exchange of your filthy rags of righteousness for the pure clothing of Christ's righteousness, and we find eternal, abundant life, we find adoption into the family of God, having a deep current of joy in us that is not dictated by circumstances knowing that you're dying is gain your dying is gain and when that time comes for you to exhale your final breath that you will be basking this is martin lloyd jones's phrase basking in the sunshine of his face <laughs> what else do we find we find a resurrected physical body physical body, your body will be resurrected to live eternally with Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. We find the indwelling of the spirit and communion with him. Wow. Treasure, right? Priceless treasure worth far more than all the gold and all the silver and all the diamonds and all the properties the world over. The saving rule of Jesus, this gospel of the kingdom, this kingdom of heaven is beyond price. It is a treasure of of inestimable value that is more than worth any cost that we could possibly conceive of to gain. We joyfully relinquish all if it means keeping this great treasure. In Philippians 3.8, The apostle Paul sounds a lot like the joyful man in our parable, giving up everything for the treasure. Paul says, indeed, what does he say? I count everything, how much? Everything as lost because of the surpassing worth, surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as what? rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. After Jesus talks about the treasure hidden in the field, he goes on in verses 45 and 46 to say this, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value did what? went and sold how much stuff? All that he had and bought it. So this merchant that Jesus talks about here is a guy who knows his pearls. This is a guy who's in the business. Uh, He probably even has a little uh, pearl examination kit that he carries around with him wherever he goes that includes gloves so he can gently look at the pearl and a magnifier of some kind. In the ancient world, pearls were valued even more than gold was. Uh, In fact, Klein Snodgrass says this concerning pearls, quote, pearls were regarded as the most valuable objects in existence, so they became a figure of speech for something of supreme worth. And in the ancient context into which Jesus is originally speaking this parable, this reference to a pearl, of course, is a reference to a natural pearl, a pearl that is formed naturally in the wild. There was no such thing as cultured pearls back then. So this incredibly value, exquisite pearl had formed over the course of years inside an oyster or a mollusk. And so the merchant has been searching Right? He's been looking at a whole variety of different pearls for a while. He knows what he's looking for. He knows how to spot value in a pearl. He's rejected many pearls because clearly they're not up to standard. They aren't worth as much as he'd like them to be. But on this day, he finds one pearl of great value. He knows what he's looking for. He finds the mother load. So incredibly value, valuable is this particular pearl that the merchant does exactly what the man in the field had done. The merchant went and sold all that he had. ah, oh, just have the pearl. And he bought the pearl. No personal cost to this merchant could possibly stand in his way of acquiring this pearl. He is zealous to have it. Zealous to have it, he's gonna do whatever it takes. And so he liquidates his estate (laughs) to get the money to buy this pearl. He sells his house, he sells all the other pearls that he's collected, all that he had. He's a pearl collector, he sells all the other pearls. He sells his jet ski, ancient Near Eastern jet ski. He even sells his stamp collection. No price he has to pay is too high. If he could just have the precious, Pearl, you get the sense that he's panting after it. Well, friends, we notice that both of these very brief parables, verses 44 through 46, have something very obvious in common. They both speak of the surpassing value of the kingdom, the exceeding worth of the saving rule of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Nothing whatsoever, doesn't matter what you can think of, Nothing whatsoever compares to the worth of Jesus Christ and his lordship. It is the treasure hidden in the field, the pearl of great price, the preciousness and the loveliness and the excellence of Jesus and his kingdom is what makes human eyes widen and hearts flutter and the mouth saying, wow, wow. And yet, and yet, even for many of us who have been in his church for a while, there can be an absence of treasuring Jesus Christ and his kingdom in our hearts. Oh, we can be, we can be engaged here on Sundays in worship either on the platform or in the pew. We can be admirably orthodox and articulate in our theology and in our public praying. We can attend this church meeting, be involved on that committee. We can be carrying out this task and that good work of service. And yet, not be truly treasuring in our hearts the king and his kingdom. We can be, friends, involved and over-involved in the church and yet our hearts not ravished with love to him. More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. Hear thou the prayer I make on bended knee. This is my earnest plea. More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. More love to thee. It is worth asking ourselves very seriously on this Thanksgiving Sunday, do I actually Let's get sober. Do I actually and truly esteem the king and his kingdom as the most valuable, precious treasure imaginable? Or is it something else in my life that I'm actually treasuring above him? Is it my desire perhaps to be thought well of others that I truly treasure most? Or is it people seeing my accomplishments, seeing my achievements, that is really the real treasure of my heart, my pearl of great price, that has relegated Jesus and the precious worth of his kingdom to some secondary place? Or is it sexual gratification, That is the thing most precious to me, my treasure. Has the fulfillment of my sexual desires overtaken the place of Lordship that only beautiful Jesus and his rule should occupy? What is it with me? Have I come, we ask ourselves, have I come to the place in my life where I'm actually treasuring some faintly trickling stream that has dirt in it instead of treasuring the deep ocean of delight that is Jesus and his kingdom. And so how does a heart that is cold toward the treasure in the field and the pearl of great price, how does a heart that is cold become hot toward it? How can our hearts be stirred toward Christ, stirred toward his kingdom, treasuring it? One thing we can do, and then I'm done, one thing we can do as a very profitable exercise is to sit down and seriously, seriously, seriously consider our actual condition. Each and every one of us was born into a terminal condition called sin. Did you know that? Each and every one of us was born into this world in a terminal condition called sin. And we commit sins, plural, because we are in sin. And not one of us can draw ourselves out of this. I can't and you can't. You know yourself, you know, you know that you have violated God's law a million times over. And you're guilty before him because of that. And maybe, maybe right now you have some secret sin in your life that, that even your closest friend can never know about and you find it impossible to break with that sin. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death. And that if you have no interest in Jesus Christ, God's wrath remains on you for your sins against him. And my friend, God's wrath is, I'm just gonna put it plainly, utterly fearsome and severe. Do ponder all of this. Consider it very seriously and very soberly. And then see, as you walk along your anxious furrow, that there's treasure right in front of you today. The pearl that is worth more than anything has come into your view. Lay hold of the treasure in joy. Surrender everything for the pearl, my friend. You may not have much time left on this earth. You may not. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was crucified as the substitute for guilty sinners, for people who were hopelessly enslaved to their sin and helplessly shackled in transgressions against God. Jesus took the wrath of God for sinners on his cross so that sinners don't have to face that terror, amen? And as the old hymn puts it so well and so biblically, Jesus is the one, listen, who breaks breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. Doesn't matter what you've done. His blood can make the foulest clean. I mean, scripture's full of people who murdered people that Jesus makes clean and confiscates for his service, amen? He can make the foulest clean his blood availed for me. My friend, lay hold on this Thanksgiving Sunday of the treasure of the King of Kings and his kingdom. Do it today with joy. Turn from your third-rate treasures, Surrender your whole self, receive him as supreme, as the one who saves you, as, the, as your rescuer, as the king who has lordship over every facet of your life and enjoy the treasure forevermore. His presence, his power, his love, his faithfulness, his goodness, his kindness, his provision, his wisdom, his eternal abundant life. Happy Thanksgiving, let's pray. Lord God, forgive us for the ways that we seek broken cisterns that can hold no water instead of coming to the fountain, to the treasure, who is Jesus Christ. Forgive us, Lord. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would so work that increasingly in our lives, mine included, that we in our day to day would see Jesus as our treasure and confess him as our treasure and enjoy relinquish everything if necessary for the treasure. I pray in Jesus name, amen.